missionary to Moldova. So many of you know him because we've done missions trips to Moldova. And uh, so some of you, the choice, no stranger. And um, he is going to come and share with us about what God has been doing in Moldova since we were last there. We were supposed to be there. 2020, we had a trip planned to go do a, a project in Moldova. And uh, this crazy thing called COVID messed it up. But COVID hasn't stopped what you guys have been doing in Moldova. And so, Troy, why don't you come and share with us um, about what's going on. And at the end of our service, like always, we'll have, give you an opportunity to, uh, to participate in, in investing into their ministry. So come on up, Troy. Give him a hand. You don't, you don't have that in the head. Yeah. Give me a hug, man. All right. Good morning. Wow, the church looks great. And uh, I tell my wife on Sunday mornings, we're just declaring the wonderful works of the Lord and what he's done in Moldova. We have such an amazing report to share of what God has done, and especially during 2020. Um, And, yeah, you guys would have been there. You're going to see some things that God did, and you can just kind of place yourself in those some of these church projects wherever you want because you would have probably been on the job on one of them. But uh, we'll get into that in a moment. Yes, my wife, this is probably only the second time we've been back since mid-February, really started itinerating in March. But uh, this is probably one or two times she hasn't been with me. But if you want to come back at midnight, I could probably come by with her and we could have a midnight service. Um, in the Catholic days, I remember those midnight services. Maybe some of you do too. Anyway, yeah, Troy and Heidi Darren were missionaries in Moldova since really 2007. It's great to be with our friends um, again and to see the Piarkis here as well, our missionary colleagues from Eurasia Northwest and that part of the world. That was a surprise. But uh, I'm just looking out. I rem- you know, I remember you guys, 2016, I think, made the new sanctuary and everything, big project, and it's just, what a, what a great setup you have here. Um, I got an opening question for you. Have you, ever, have you ever had God ask you to do something and, uh, and it, it scared you because you kind of thought, I think that's God, but I hope it's not God almost, and uh, I hope that's just like my thoughts and they just kind of move on. And it just keeps coming back, and you know it's God, and it's big. And, and really, what I'm going to share this morning is probably the biggest thing that my wife and I in a faith venture have been on in our years of... We've been married 38 years, been in the ministry, uh, I don't know, here about 35 or something. And uh, 20 years in different pastoral roles in the, in the district here in Wisconsin, and we led 10 short-term mission trips during those years. And in 2005, God called us to full-time missions in Moldova. Got to the field in 07. So we, we had an incredible, incredible term, and especially the last two years, I would say, culminating in 2020, just being a blow-the-top-off year for what we saw God do in Moldova. And I'm just going to – I'm here to just declare the wonderful works of the Lord to you today. Um, just a quick, you can see our family here. Actually, my wife is with our grandkids right now, and uh, she's down in Arizona flying back tonight, but we had a, had a week vacation down there. And, uh, you know, these are very precious times, of course, to be back. And we land in Arizona, and my, my son and his wife, they take off on vacation. That's pretty much how it happens. And, uh, yeah, two and a half, five, uh, four and a half year olds, so... That's wonderful. We have uh, two grown children, two grown—I mean, three grown children, two boys, and a daughter—and they're in Phoenix, Seattle, in the Milwaukee area. So one's calling right now, but uh, <laughs> good timing on that one. Anyway, let's get to Moldova. Many of you remember Moldova is in Eastern Europe, sandwiched between Ukraine and Romania, uh, former Soviet republic. Most things you read would refer to it. As Europe's poorest country, they speak Russian and Romanian there. And we speak Romanian, and every day we step out of our house, every every time we go to a church service, it's kind of like language lessons, and praise and worship is language lessons. And we still love it. We love the challenge. We speak Romanian, and we work on it on a regular basis. It's always tough when you're home, the year home, you know, and the year older, and you go back, and the mind's just, you know, just doesn't hold things as long as it used to, right? But you can see some of the things about 
Moldova, one, one thing that is very interesting, you can see the corruption, the family issues and challenges. Um, about 30% of the workforce is outside the country working, sending back remittances. And uh, Moldova is the number one shrinking country in Europe. And they project by 2050 that 42% of the country will have evaporated, basically. Have, have just, there's basically evaporated in the sense of gone other places for work, for opportunity. And the word opportunity is really the number one. I mean, there's many things you could talk about, but just opportunity. There's no opportunity. There's a great sense of hopelessness in the country. And uh, people are just trying to get out and find some kind of opportunity for life. And, um, but God is doing something very special in and through Moldova and in the Church of Jesus there. And in, uh, um, just in the past couple of years, actually it started, I, I, I want to get into it here and just share about uh, a vision we had for 20 churches in 2020. And I'll say right at the onset we didn't do everything here. We didn't build all this, some of the things I'm going to be showing you. We didn't do everything. Uh, we, we took a step of faith to believe that God wanted us to help with 20 new projects. And 18 of the 20 were first-time churches where there's no church, real missional stuff in the sense of going and trying to get a new church established where there's no church, um, as Paul would do in his uh, initial missionary journeys. And um, I'll tell you how it really started. It was late spring of 2019, and for some reason, 2020, you know, I kind of had a ring to it, started coming into my head, and I just am having this sense of, I w it was kind of noticeable to me, 2020, it just, it has a ring to it, yeah, so nothing original there, but I was aware that it was starting to pop into my head, and I thought, oh, God was, must want me to be thinking about what we're going to do in 2020. Again, this is the late spring of 2019. God must want me to be thinking about 2020 and what we're going to do in our last year before we head home this year for itineration. And it's just, just kind of coming to my mind. And then it's like I still remember the day. All of a sudden, remember that scary thought I mentioned? This is what came into my mind as just another day, and I'm kind of thinking about 2020. And all of a sudden, I just have this sense of, or impression, 20 churches in 2020. And, and at, the, at, the, at the first thought of that, I just thought, I think that's God, but I hope it's not God. And I got up and went and got some coffee, went to the kitchen, just uh, really tried to distract myself because I just thought, that might be God. And... We usually help with maybe four or five new projects a year. We don't help with 20. I didn't even know what to really do with that thought. And, uh, you know, we have mission teams come. Probably we've averaged three, three to five. And as teams come, as your church has sent a team, as your church had a team coming in 2020, we would have had a project. We would have, you know, kind of designated a specific new area where we wanted to try and get a church established. You guys would come in and partner with that. You would bring some funds. You'd bring a workforce, and we would go after it, and God would bless it. And that's kind of been our modus operandi and what we've, what we've experienced through the years uh, as missionaries in Moldova. So this year, 20 churches in 2020, I, I didn't know what, what to do with that, really. It, it, it blew me away a little bit. And I just let this thing for about two weeks. I just wake up, and here it would come again. And and over time, I finally surrendered to it. Really, that this was God. It wasn't my thoughts. And I'm just being really honest with you that I didn't know. I just didn't know what to do with it. I began to take little baby steps, the best I could, of how to even come up with these 20 churches. You know, I got to start talking to some of, some of our national leadership. Uh, talk to relate, uh, friends and pastors in the country and relationships that I've built. And, you know, I'm not very good with marketing and all this stuff, so how, I should probably get a brochure together or something. You know, I'm really, I'm, I'm walking through these steps, and, and we did get the brochure together. My daughter helped with that, and I've, I've got it in my, in, in my carry-on there. And uh, she did a nice job with that. And this is over a few months, and I'm meeting with pastors, and I'm just saying, are you thinking, you, 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 got a, you think you got a new project? You got a home group that's maybe ready for a new church? Or, you know, little by little, here comes 20. 
I get 20 together, and I have a little, like, paragraph description on each. My daughter helps me make a nice little flyer, and it looks like we know what we're doing. You know, but behind the scenes, I'm a house of cards, really. <laughs> you know, the whole thing's just like... Bleh could fall apart, but we look good on the front end. So I, I get the brochure. I get the 20 churches. I, I try and work with my pastoral friends and our, some of our bishops, and I come up with the 20. But you know what? We all look good, but, okay, where's the money coming from this? I'm not home itinerating. I'm not coming here to see if you guys will take a project. Um, I'm, I'm in Moldova, and this is now like the summer coming into the fall of 2000. Uh, 19 heading into 2020 when we're now taking this step of faith to do 20 churches in 2020. And I don't even know what's coming ahead, of course, in 2020, right? So we're just, we're going forward with this. And we, in different ways, we begin to see God bringing some partners. And, and I'm starting to, at some point, go, wow, God, God right, really might be on the job with this. And I, re- I remember... I used to, I was talking to people, even in Moldova, friends, I, and I would talk like this. I'd go, I, th- I think, I think God wants us to help with 20 churches in 2020. I think, I think, you know, my, my faith was growing with this whole thing. You know, I took the step of obedience to go with it, but my faith, it had to grow with this. And I was even talking in that vernacular of, I think God wants us to do this. I think God is going to help us with this. And... I mean, long story short, take a, take a look at this. Here's 20 churches. Here's 20 places that God did this. And my, my summer email newsletter was simply entitled, God Did It. And here in Boragan, Boshkana, Bubuyech, Kainar, Katrani, Kishinau, the capital city where we live, Chimishen, Sheresh, Korlaten, Krikova, Dolna, Georgia, Lesh, Hirjalka, Humalesh, Marishen, Mikleoshen, Petresh, Redenivek, Skoren, Vada, Voda. These are places right now that there are new churches going up and projects that God has, has worked on. You know, I share that every week and, 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 and spontaneously like that churches clap. And, and I readily admit that I didn't do this. It wasn't something special we did, and we didn't do it all. We, we, we saw God bring in over $200,000. And I'll be honest, we, in 2016, we were home itinerating. We had a service here. And we had a great, great itineration. We raised the extra monthly support we needed. We, raised, we went back to the field with about $50,000 after, uh, after our cash budget. So we, we had had a good report. We had, had good services, responses. I thought, good job, Troy and Heidi. Good missionaries. We're going back. Funded again, month, monthly support. And with cash, with $50,000 to put to work, thought, all right, we're in good shape here. And here in this one year... Not even home itinerary. God brings in over $200,000. These 20 projects, each one got probably ten dollars to $12,000, probably what we saw. When we laid out the brochure, we had from five dollars to $20,000 per project. Some we built from the ground up. Some uh, we, we retrofitted. Uh, you'll see one that was just a village home. We retrofitted that and it became a church. Uh, former Soviet library, we bought that, we, we fixed that up, and it's now a church. You'll see that one. I could show you all 20 places. My wife and I have been to these places. We've been with the pastors. We've been there encouraging the leaders, believing with them, meeting with them, making plans. We've been there getting our hands dirty at certain ones and different things, working where we could. And out of these 20, probably... Uh, some we helped buy the land. Some we helped start the construction. Some, after we had bought the property, we were able to come in and we had the funds to retrofit the thing to be ready for a church. And uh, most of these places, they were places that 18 of the 20, they were first time getting a physical building. I know the church is not the building. The church is, is the people. But our target in many ways was to get a small home church that was ready into their physical structure so they could really be seen as the real church in those communities. Um, and, 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 and in our part of the world, we needed that. We need, they needed the space. They needed the place. They needed to be able to grow and to kind of be legitimized. So 18 of the 20, only two were churches. I just believe they were smaller churches, and they were, they were mother churches, and I just believe they needed to be bigger because I saw what God was doing through them. But 18 of the 20 were very missional, first, first churches 
you know, physical projects, physical church projects in those areas. So let, let, let me just show you a few. I can't, I could take you and show you photos of all 20 and we don't have time for that. So I just picked some samplings out for you. Here's Vada Louis Voda. This one's very close to my heart. And uh, I've just talked to Steph and Micah. Um, just slowly move through these and you'll see, uh, this was at the beginning of this last term. We had just began to work at this first little building and this was our first uh, Paul and Christine, you know, everything in Eastern Europe over there is concrete. So to see some uh, physical buildings going up with wood, this was the first one. And the, the 2020 project was the addition. That would be about three times the size. And for a year, we just battled with the, the powers that are structured that are over. And uh, we finally got the permission in March of this year, actually, and this all happened, that whole edition, since March. And it's, we had the money last year, but we just couldn't get all the signatures and stamps and permits. But look what God did there since March. They just had a recent baptism. That picture is within a month old. So that's the church. That's what God is doing. That's exciting stuff. Um, and i got to be honest with you. You know, just because, especially in that part of the world, and we, we have a lot of challenges Actually, the government is pretty open, and we have religious freedom, but we have some uh, we we have a religious background that sometimes can be very uh, opposed to us as evangelicals coming in and and make things difficult for us. But uh, in in that culture, they just don't come flocking out to church. So when I see these pictures like that, and I know this was probably a special occasion, so there's there's extra people there, but in general, just to see. This church and that many people there, it is really, to me, something God is doing special in Moldova. Um, usually it takes more time of building those relationships, kind of Convoy of Hope type outreaches, serving, and over time people warm up to you. So to see this kind of response, it's just beautiful. Take a look what's going on in Mikhail Shannon, I mean in Bubuyech and, uh, and uh, Humalesht. This, this is a project, these first couple pictures show a church we helped with. We got the first floor done, then we built the second floor last term. And this is a great church, one of my favorites in Bubuyech. But I just show you that, that we've been in Moldova long enough to work with some churches like this that are now mother churches. And we worked with them for the 2020 project in Humalesht. And Pastor Sasha's pulling on my shirt and saying, Troy, Troy, can Humalesht be one of the 2020 projects? It's a small village. We've been going there for two years. There's really no place to meet. We just meet out in this little dusty soccer field in the winter. Sometimes we're out in the snow. But I know if we, if we even can just buy an old house and, and fix it up, we can get a church going there and they will come and we're ready. And most people don't know Humalesht. Even in Moldova, they don't know Humalesht. But God knew Humalesht. And we went after this. We bought this. Wes Layton, actually, church had, had come. Um, Scott Lindner, uh, you guys know them. They came down, small team. We retrofitted this thing. They may have 30 40% of the children of that village coming on a, on a weekly basis. Now, after school, we have Bible studies. They get a meal. They get help with their homework. They have church on Sunday. That's set up for COVID right there. But they can get about 40 or 50 people in. So you saw what we did there. That's an exciting project, and I, I love that, taking that. This is like the community center of Humalesh. They don't even have a little store to go get bread and milk. It's, such, it's about 700 people in this village, so poor. But Bubuyets, a church that we helped, became the mother church for this, and they have ministry going on there every week now. Let's, let's go to uh, Mikleo Shen and Dolna. Now, you can see the, the church right behind there. Uh, they had a, this is one of the two, two that was kind of a little more of an established church. They just had a small church. We helped them get into, this was a 2020 project for Mikleo Shen to get a larger uh, facility. So there's Niku and Veronica. And Veronica, born and raised five miles down the road in Dolna. So Mikleo Shen, we got them a new, ch new church as one of our 2020 projects. And down the road in Dolna, we had some funds. to. They had land, so we're going to put our funds towards putting in the foundation. And there's probably a little extra for construction materials. But I remember this picture is very meaningful to me because I remember standing at the corner when we got this poured. And, I, you know, it's amazing how much you fall in love. I'm not a big construction guy, you know, so I don't want to 
Don't, don't be deceived by just thinking all these projects, I must be good with a hammer. Not really. Mark, Mark could tell you that. You know, I had to put, when you were there, I put stuff on and then took a picture so it looked like I was doing something, you know, although I can do a little drywall. But it, <laughs> anyway, that, that picture, when we got the concrete poured, to be honest with you, I remember standing there with Niku, and the land had been excavated, the, the uh, cement slab poured, and, and we're, just, we're like two happy larks just rejoicing as if the church is already built. And all we got is a concrete slab. But we felt like we're on our way. And that was, I, I got, I'll be very honest with you. Now, you're already there. Okay, hold on a minute back there, Steph and, and, and Micah. This is Micah, right? Yeah, okay, I remember. So, yeah, just hold that thought there for a moment. But before, you know, yeah, you're seeing where this went. But I remember standing there, just the foundation. And we're so happy. We're thinking, like, the church is already built. And inside, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking, okay, Niku, Pastor Niku, here's your cement slab. The land's excavated. This is what, on the 2020 project, here's the funds I had, and this is how far I thought I could get you, so check. I've got to go on to another project. And God bless you. However, you're going to get your church built further. I don't know. i got to go to the next project, and then we're going home to itinerate. But uh, you guys keep praying and sacrificing, and however God provides, you know, I did what I was going to do. And so checked off Dolna, and I'm going, like Jesus, to other cities and towns, right? <laughs> well, guess what? God wasn't done. He's like, I start walking down the road, and he just pulls me back. Hey, we're not done back here in Dolan. Come on back. And these pictures you see, this is between October, September was when we poured that slab. And in the, within a month, God brought in like $35,000. And I'm telling you, I, I don't, it almost like dropped out of the sky because God wanted Dolna done. And this is the first service in January, a month before we came home. And, and if you know any kind of construction or just repairing your house, you know what it takes to get to that point. And God just did this. It was so unbelievable. And this is such a great church. And, you know, the babushkas, the children, the young people, the men, women, everybody was working on it. It's such a, such a church project, such a beautiful thing. And that thing, you can show the rest now, yeah. This is going on. Moldova's eight hours ahead of us. They had church already. This church is ministering in a wonderful way in Dolna. And just, I just love to show that. Let's, let's look at Kainar. Here, here's something, uh, here's your typical village setting. Kainar was, was a place. Here's uh, Pastor Mihai in his house. He has a little home church, and he tried to make his room look a little more like a home church and got a few little pews there. Well, they had the piece of land, and we said, hey, we'll get, we'll get behind you, and we'll help with what we can in, in making this a 2020 project. And, and uh, there's Pastor Mihai with one of our, our, our bishops from the central region. Well, this thing, we had problems, another, another deal over a year, just trying to get the stamps and the signatures and just different opposition things we were dealing with. This got approved just in, like, April. And so this stuff is happening, and they really got on this uh, uh, end of July, 1st of August. But this is where this is at now already. You know, there's that slab. Doesn't that look great? You know, but that's not where we are. This thing, even in the last couple weeks, this is like fresh from Moldova. And you can see they finally got started with the... Uh, the wood and, and framing it in, and they are already, last picture just from this past week is right here. And so they'll, they'll get the windows and doors on, they're enclosed, and by winter they'll have that thing insulated. So that church will be up and going. I'm telling you, this is just incredible stuff. Last one I'll just show you. I'm, I am going to share a little devotional challenge. But take a look at Radenivec. This is a former Soviet library. And... Uh, Pastor Georgi, there's a great story here. Pastor Georgi from the church in Ungen, mothering this church. And again, pulling on my shirt. And I, I've known Georgi since 2005, actually. And he's saying, Troy, can, we, can, we, can you help us get some property or get a building or something where Denivec is ready? We want to be a 2020 project. Well, you can see what happened here. We did buy that. This is one where our funds basically help buy this and retrofit it, and now children coming Monday through Friday, uh, midweek Bible studies, 
And here's Sunday service. This is cool stuff, isn't it? You can tell. Oh, did I mention that in 2020, COVID hit? And did I have... I forgot that little detail. And did I mention that six mission teams, including you guys, had to cancel? So God still did this. I don't know how I forget that. Um, I'm glad that God drops that in my mind. Just to remind you of what incredible stuff God did here in Moldova. Yes, COVID hit. Six mission teams all cancel, and God still accomplished this. At least the the 20 projects and the funding we laid out for those, we saw God bring that in. And actually, my last day at the airport, we were dropped off by Sergey and Lena, got our, got our bags to head in. Last thing I do, number 20, I give him the funds, $15,000 for the work in Vada Voda. And got on the plane and right down to the, to the last moment like that, God did it. So just incredible stuff. Like I said, that's, that's about six or seven of the places, maybe five or six, I don't remember. But you can see, it's obvious, God is doing some things in Moldova. And I remember when Heidi and I were getting ready to come home and share, and we're kind of going, I'm trying to put this together, our presentation, like, wow. Okay, we got you're, you're lucky you're more towards a little bit of the end of our itineration. In the beginning, I was trying to show like all 20. And, yeah, I was going way over. Today I'm just going to go over a little. I'm not going to go way over because I've reduced it from in half. Anyway, you can see. And I remember when we were putting this together and thinking, man, we got a great report this year. Look what God has done. And then all of a sudden it hit me. Well, after you share that report, what are you going to tell them you're going to do when you go back? And I had to start going, oh, yeah, yeah, we got to start talking to God about that. And... We, we have a new vision when we go back, and uh, it's called the 2020 vision. And now you've got to forget anything about the year 2020 and just think, okay, we're past that. It, okay, here we are. Um, the 2020 vision, let me ask you. When you think of Paul in the book of Acts, missionary Paul, um, what do you think of? He's basically doing one of two things. He was either, this mostly in the second part of the book of Acts, He's, he's on his missionary journeys, and he's either building, I'll say building, establishing um, new works, new churches, or he's coming around on his second or third missionary journey, and he's strengthening the church, right? I mean, I'm a pretty simple person, and I just boil it down. Paul's missionary. I'm a missionary. He's going to where churches are not, and he's helping establish new works. And for me, that's kind of like... It's important for us to, to build, to take on a project, to help establish a new work, even with a physical structure for the spiritual family. Or he's coming around and strengthening. And I believe God just gave us a 2020 vision to build 20 more churches. And you'll see right here, we want to build 20 churches with $10,000. Now, 10000 doesn't build the whole thing, but 10000 is the funds for us to go after a new project. And God, we saw in 20, with what, the report I just gave you of the churches from 2020, God always took us further than we even thought. And it's a healthy thing that, that we as missionaries aren't doing it all in Moldova. They, they, as a church, even though they don't have as much, they're sacrificing. They have some connections. They're praying. And it's not just the American missionary did this. We, we're coming along, and we're helping, and I'm believing God for 20 new churches in new places, targeted areas, and 10,000 each, that's 200,000. And then I'm believing God for another 20 that we will strengthen with $5,000 each. These are the ones we already did, I just told you about. I want to go back to Pastor Sasha, Pastor Georgi, Pastor Niku, and say, hey, how's the church in Mikleoshen doing? How's the church in Dolna? How's the church in Humalesht and Vada Vora? Here's some funds. Uh, what can we do in evangelism? What kind of resources do you need? What, what, what do we need to do to keep you having influence and being strengthened in your community? So that's the strengthening part, the churches we already helped, those projects. The building part is the new one. So pretty simple, right? Pretty easy to get handles that you can grab a hold of. And we're seeing God help us with this, building the church, strengthening the church. That's what our new vision is. You can show that together now, Steph. Um, I call her Steph. Do you guys... I, don't, I only met her today, but I just call her Steph, yeah. <laughs> so we want to build the church. We want to strengthen the church. That's the 2020 vision. Let me, let me give you about seven, ten-minute challenge here from the book of Acts, 
chapter 8. This is my taxi sermon. It's, it's very, it's really, I know, I know guys like Mark and Paul and maybe some other ministers here. You know, God gives us messages in different ways. Sometimes you can be driving down the road, you see a, as, as a pastor, God wants to communicate something to you or maybe give you a series or a message, and you might see a billboard and it sparks a verse and a thought and something that God wants you to share. Well, I have a speed to light vehicle from the young people. Thank you. When we go back, uh, it's 15 years, it's a 2007, and we're going back and hoping to get another term in and take it to almost 20 years old. Uh, your children and their supportive missions, uh, the many different ways you as adults, men and women, we use all those resources. We thank you. They're very meaningful. But so I, I, have, a, I have a vehicle uh, as a missionary, and I use it, and I love it. And I barely ever take a taxi. This one morning, we had an Assembly of God missionary gathering on a Thursday morning. We were going through the book of Acts a little bit up, up until uh, the together 2019 and general council time. And so we were having a little study as missionaries on the field of uh, Thursday mornings getting together. And I just said to my wife, we, we were living downtown at this time, right in the middle of the center. And I said, let's just take a taxi this morning. Cost you about three dollars in Moldova to take a taxi almost anywhere in the capital city, and uh, same thing would be like fifty bucks over in Amsterdam or, or England or something. But so I, we we just take a taxi. I just didn't want to deal with the traffic, and I and I get in, and I hadn't read chapter eight yet because that's what we were going to be talking about that morning. So I'm just I got about twelve fifteen minutes. I I just grab my Bible and I I got to read this so at least can get in the discussion, kind of know what's going on, just a little behind on my reading that day for the meeting. And within like 30 seconds a minute, this passage just, whoa, I just see these couple points. And this is really in May of 2019. I'd have to look back. I could give you the specific date. But this is at the same time God's speaking to me about this 2020 vision stuff and the 20 churches in 2020. Little did I realize how important this passage would be and message, and basically, um, I, get, I, I just entitled it the church going and growing. And you know Acts one eight. You're a missionary church. You know that Jesus said that you know the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. This gospel is going to go to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and all the way to Moldova, uh, the other most parts of the world, right? And flip that over to Acts eight one now. Kind of flip it over on its head. Acts eight one. Look what's going on here. End of chapter seven. Stephen had just been martyred. Here in chapter 8, what happens? The church begins to go to Judea and Samaria and as a result of persecution. And there's a lot that could be said here. You know, I think chapters 1 through 7, as, they, as, as the disciples were getting together for their church growth conferences and having their different seminars and considering how are we going to do what Jesus talked about, getting this gospel of Judea and Samaria, they probably kind of had their plans of how and when they might begin to venture out to fulfill Acts 1.8. And then God had his plan, right? And um, they were a little caught off guard. Look at it. It says everyone was scattered. And yet they're fulfilling Acts 1.8 here. They're fulfilling what Jesus said would happen, not in the way they thought. And I don't, you know, this, this whole COVID story is not written. We are not to the end chapters at all. And God is working in the midst of this, and it may have caught us off guard in some ways, but this is not catching God off guard at all. And I I just believe God's God's working in the midst of this in ways that are yet to be seen even, in powerful ways. So even in chapter 8 here, God's working in ways unexpectedly, unexpectedly for the church. And the gospel begins to go to Judea and Samaria. So I just share that little bit of context for this reason. The passage I read was verses 4 to 8. And it's the very first passage with that context and backdrop of the church beginning to be pushed in many ways in the lower back, being pushed out to Judea and Samaria as a result of persecution. And and missionary Paul, who at this time is Saul, he's he's like the KGB in verses... uh, the, uh, two and three, he's going house to house. He's persecuting the church. He's dragging people off to jail and prison and stuff, and he's persecuting the church. So here's the first story, very first story. And there's just four simple points here, and I, I'll go through them very, very quickly here. 
But there's four things that they just jumped off the page to me. And you will see how, how they apply to what we're doing in Moldova and the new church emphasis and what we're going after. But these apply to all of us every day. It applies to you and your sphere of influence, family, friends, business partners or colleagues, classmates, uh, do, you know, on your dorm floor, whatever your context is, relatives, extended, immediate family. Um, these, these apply to you just as much as they do to me. And number one, it says, there's four things I saw that we can pray for. And first of all, we need to pray for Jesus to be proclaimed. And the very first thing, verse 4 and 5, those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. And the first thing we need to pray about is just simply in your sphere of influence, for, for us as we are targeting a new village or a new community or a new area in Moldova as missionaries, we need to pray, Jesus, will you just help us, Holy Spirit, help us to proclaim you in this place. I don't know anybody in this new village. I don't know anything about this new village. You know every family. You know every individual. You know their greatest needs. You know um, what's going on. Will you, will you give us opportunities to proclaim you, Jesus? And these couple of verses, you can, you, this is what we pray. We just start out pr- pr- praying. God has someone in your mind. God has a family member. God has a, someone you're working with. God has a friend in, in your neighborhood that is on your heart. First thing, just pray to proclaim Jesus. And let him take care of the business of providing that opportunity. And as long as you, what, what, would, what would it be like we, we get up in the, during the day or in the morning and we just have a mentality of thinking, Jesus, help me to proclaim you today. Help me to proclaim you today. What if that's just our thought every day when we get up? And this is wonderful. You, you see, this verse reveals a couple things, that they were proclaiming Jesus in the midst of difficulty and persecution. We know that. They were proclaiming Jesus without prejudice because where are they? Where is Philip? He's in Judea and Samaria in that region. And um, you know John 4, the woman at the well? She looks at Jesus and says, what, why are you talking to me? We, 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 we don't really talk to each other. And here's, this is where Philip is. So he's preaching and proclaiming Jesus without uh, prejudice. Wherever they went, they're proclaiming the good news. You know what? I would have probably been up in the hills, in the rocks, hiding out, letting things settle down in Jerusalem a little bit because they're throwing rocks and they're killing Christians now. So... But here's Philip. Man, he's right back out on the front line preaching and proclaiming Jesus. So anyway, you can see how this is just a great simple verse. Pray to proclaim Jesus. Number two, verse six. Pray for open doors, open minds, and open hearts. And it says, when the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. What a, what a beautiful thing and flow here. We pray to proclaim Jesus, and as we're, I'll apply this to me, as we're going into a village, Lord, will you open minds and hearts? You, you, know, you know the religious strongholds. You, you know the alcohol strongholds. You, you know the different abuse situations. You, you know the challenges. You know the unemployment. You, you, you know everything, the family issues going on here. Um, you know the attitudes even against the evangelical church, maybe against you, Jesus. Will you open minds and hearts? What a, what a wonderful thing to pray. You know, I can't open anybody's mind and heart. I think of my own life, how God opened my mind and my heart when I was 16 years of age. But I, I can pray this. And if, again, it's the whole context coming out of Jesus pushing the church into Judea and Samaria. And the flow of these verses is so perfect and it's so simple. We pray to proclaim Jesus. We pray for open minds and hearts. And this is what Paul even prayed in Colossians 3, 4. Check this out. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message so we can um, proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I'm in change. Look at Acts 17 here, one of my favorite passages. Um, Paul had been down in Athens. I've, I've been to Athens. actually pretty cool to have been there where Paul was and where he was debating with these Greeks. And here, they had been debating on this certain day about the resurrection. They get to the end, and look what it says. When they had heard him on the resurrection of the dead, some sneered, others said, I want to hear you again on this subject. Some became followers. And I just thought, those are like the three responses that Paul was dealing with then that we all deal with. 
ourselves even in this day. And maybe if we had time to hear the testimonies of everyone, some of you are the people that were sneering. You are the guys cussing out the Christian at the factory or at the workplace. You are the one thinking those crazy Christians. What do you believe in that stupid stuff for? You had no time of day for God. Some of you were people who heard the message and there began to be a point in your life you were really curious and interested. And you just needed to hear more and you needed a little more time. But God was at work. And you had honest questions. And God, brought, God, had, God had patience for you. And you came along. Others, when you, you bang, that day, it was time you, got, you became a believer. So I love this passage. We pray for open minds and hearts. I'm going, we're going into a new village targeting a new, new community. God, will you open the minds and hearts here? I, can't open a, I can barely open a can, you know. God, will you open minds and hearts here and do the work and begin to get, get your church going here in this community? Number three, look what happens as well. We pray for God's power to be displayed. With shrieks and pure spirits came out of many, many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. Now, you two as preachers, you can see this is an incredible, simple passage of Scripture. Pray to proclaim Jesus. Pray for open minds and hearts. Pray for the power of God to be displayed and shown up and show up. And again, in our sphere of influence, these are simple ways you can pray for people that you feel God wants you to be a missionary to, for you to be light and a witness to. And of course, you can see how we're praying this for our new outreaches and our new projects. God we're going into Vada Louisville. We're going into scoring. We're going into... God, we need your power. Will you just touch some lives? Will you deliver some people? Will you set some people free? God, will you bring some healings? God, will you change minds and attitudes? God, can you just bring transformation in different individuals or households? I, I just have simple enough faith now. I'm not saying I think anymore right now God wants to do this. I'm believing. I saw God... Do this incredible thing in 2020, these 20 projects, COVID, no mission teams, no help. God, God is on the move in Moldova. I'm believing him. I can pray these simple points. God, help us to proclaim you. Jesus, open minds and hearts. God, can you just release your power? We're going into this new village. We want to get your church established. Will you just, like, cut loose on your power a little bit here and help us out on this one? And, and uh, missionary David Bosch, he said this. The mission of God's people is to alert everyone everywhere to the reign of God through Christ. You know, have you ever gone through a little town and you see a restaurant, a business says under new management? You know, it's something new's happening there. Well, since Jesus came to earth, we are under new management. And greater is he that's in us, and the power of God is here reigning. And I, I feel like on a daily basis in Moldova... Uh, or whoever I'm encountering and needs Christ, I'm just trying to help them realize you don't have to live under that. You, do, you can be free from that. You, you can have victory over that. God has something better for you because Jesus is reigning now. We're under new management, and that's how I kind of think through that verse. So anyway, something very interesting, These, this little context here, if you would go to Luke 4.18, look what Jesus basically proclaimed good news, setting people free, you know, uh, recovery of sight to the blind, um, declaring the year of the Lord's favor. A lot of these same points are right here in this passage. It's kind of amazing. I feel like I found this little key, Luke 4, 18. This is it right here. And if you go home today or this week, read chapter 8, you'll see these same simple little points repeated through this chapter. The last thing is, number four, pray for joy. Pray for great joy. Look at this. So there was great joy in that city. I mean, is that an amazing flow of a passage of Scripture? And can you see why, why God gave me this in the taxi to believe God for what he wanted to do in Moldova? And, and we've been praying this for these places, but I like to apply this. You can pray this for your sphere of influence. Anyway, I, th I think you, you catch the, the point on that. God is on the move in Moldova. God's on the move in Port Washington and at Port View Church here. Great things are happening here. So praise God. Pray to proclaim Jesus. Pray for open minds and hearts. Pray for the power of God to be shown. And pray for great joy with your neighbor, with your family member, with your sphere of influence, the individuals God has put on your heart. Pray for that joy of salvation, for God to bring that about. And uh, thank you, church, for your partnership in Moldova. We're doing, God, God's doing this, and we're doing it, and he'll continue to do it.
Thank you, Pastor Mark. It's great to has been great to be with you. I'll just turn it over to you however you want to close today. Thank you, church. I need a screenshot of that last slide that was up there about those four prayer points. I thought, what a great, what a great um, evening of prayer, praying that, using those four prayer points um, to, uh, to pray. You know what? Um, this, God's no respecter of people, says. And the way God's doing things in Moldova in 2020, I think you're right. The Lord's been trying to show us, us around here, that COVID kind of got everything off kilter, you know, a little bit, you know, quite honestly. We have uh, more people watching online that are sitting, a lot of times, sitting in pews. Not, you know, but we have a lot of people. It's just changed culture a little bit. But it's kind of make people kind of even here kind of knock them off their moorings. What's God up to? And then the whole, you know, political stuff and everything going on in the world. Um, I believe you're right. The Lord is up to something, and and everybody's looking at this as just a big negative. I think God is getting us to think about what things are most important, and He is He has great plans for His church, and so as a, as a congregation looking to do things like partner with missions, and maybe God's going to bring us back to Moldova as um, looking to uh, to what God asking us to do in our community. I think we have to have eyes of faith and be filled with hope. Because some of you, your family has been resistant for years and years and years. And I believe what God is putting in place right now is some of them are, are keys to getting them to, to think differently and open up their hearts. And we're going to see God changing your families, our families, our communities, our neighbors, our coworkers. And if we would have hearts that are praying and saying, God, just show me where I can show your love, where I can explain it. You say, but I've tried that before. It's a new season. And God's doing new things. So thank you for encouraging us in those ways. Hey, like we do every time, we're going to close in prayer in a minute, but like we do every time a missionary comes, um, we encourage you, um, as the Lord leads you, to partner with ministry. Be, through, our, through our Kingdom Builders ministry, what you do, we, you know, we, we, little, for if you're visiting, how we do things around here. Our tithes and offerings, the tithes of our church, um, the first fruits of our giving, uh, goes to support our local church. So we tithe to our local church. And then we have opportunities for offerings. And our offerings expand the mission reach that we have. It takes the gospel across the street and around the world. And as a church, we do a ton of that. We really give a lot away. Well, one of the things is we do that monthly offerings to kingdom builders. It lets us support people like Troy and Heidi, who, who every month our church sends out a check to their account, which allows them to stay there and reach 20 churches in one, you know, in one time, in one year. Um, that's because we support them monthly. But then we also give people an opportunity to do things like missions trips, that's something in addition to that, and also that whenever a missionary comes, we give you an opportunity to give to that missionary, and 100% of what we give in, in that way goes to their um, uh, to their funding so they can do their projects where they are over there. And so because we, we're not still taking offerings, and by the way, we're going to begin, we've talked about this, we're going to begin to actually receive offerings again probably next month. Because just taking away, I just miss being able to, you can give the Lord a hand. I miss being able to put my offering in a basket and say it's an act of worship. It's an act of worship. I stuck mine in a box this morning. Actually, the box back in the office. I stuck it in. And I, it's just as real. But there's something to me when I can say, no, during the service, I'm bringing my offering, my, my ties, my offerings, and I'm putting them in. And we're like, okay, we're far, far enough down as, you know, kind of adjusting how COVID's supposed to be. We're going back to to taking an offering probably starting next month but um because we're not doing that yet if you want to contribute to troy and heidi darren's ministry in in the back of the chair there's envelopes you can um, write out a check or put money in there and drop it in the boxes in the back just make sure you put moldova or darren on it troy darren and otherwise online you can just go on portviewchurch.com and uh, go on there and there's a spot where you can where you can indicate on there you can give online like so many of you do that it says for our missionary speaker for today all right and so let's, let's stand together. Father, thank you for the fact that we got to hear um, for us real life of what's going on in our world today in a very poor country. Lord, um, and Lord, what you amazed me with was letting Troy talk about and seeing the pictures of what's being done in Moldova for such teeny funds. That Lord, when He's saying, you know, we give a project ten thousand dollars, Lord, that's a that's the, that's not even the price to do a kitchen remodel, you know, and and they're building a church building. 
They're pouring concrete and building buildings because, Lord, it's a different, it's a different um, setting there. And so, Lord, to know that, that we have been able to make differ, a difference and that the, and the, the church here in America is making a difference there, um, Lord, thank you that we can just see all this stuff you're accomplishing. We know that you're not about buildings, but people need buildings. And thank you. And those, those buildings just represent congregations where hope is coming to a very depressed country. And so, Lord, let hope arise. Let hope thrive. Let hope grow in Moldova. Um, and as, as the gospels preach, let the people who are trying to exit say, I don't want to exit. I want to stay. Give creativity so that the, the country does have opportunity. Lord, do amazing things. Make the church arise and become strong. I mean, somehow through the church, um, ideas come for business. And, and uh, Lord, that, that, that jobs could be created there and the people could stay. And so, Lord, you love Moldova, a beautiful country. You love it. All those, all those sunflower fields, as far as you can see, gorgeous rolling hills. Just a beautiful nation. Lord, let your glory rest on that place. And Lord, we pray for the same thing here in Port Washington. What a beautiful place. But Lord, just like they're desperate for your intervention, Lord, we are. And Lord, maybe for too long we thought we could do it on our own because we have resources and we have ability. And, and like Troy's going, there's nothing left to offer here. And, and But you showed up. Lord, help us realize that really we got nothing left to offer. COVID's kind of changed things. It's, it's, it's changed our people's mentality towards church. It's changed it towards mentality towards so much. But Lord, you, we're, we're believing you're stirring our hearts. You're doing something different so that, Lord, you can bring about a grand time for the church in this community and around the world. Lord, I pray that each person in this place today would have a sense of destiny, a sense of, of calling, a sense of they know you and know the truth so that they can shine your love and your light into every area they're going to put their feet in today and the rest of this week. So, Lord, carry us through. Fill us with your spirit. And, Lord, let us, let us see amazing things happen as we, as we look to you for the impossible. So, Lord, I pray, bless each one today. Bless Troy and Heidi. I know Heidi's probably traveling in a couple hours. Bless her as she comes here. All the miles that they have to cover for itineration, just take care of them. Provide for them. Let them enjoy some time with those grandkids that they're not going to then see again for four years. So, Lord, uh, just bless, redeem their time, and let them be blessed um, in their itineration. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Amen.